Pastor Xavier Reese with a destruction that starts with just a spark. Proverbs 16.27 says, An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisper separates the best of friends. How many have just destroyed people because of their tongue? A little fire. A world of iniquity. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. This simple truth from Proverbs 15 reminds us of the power of the tongue for both good and evil. So small, yet so powerful, Scripture likens it to the rudder of a ship, able to direct the vessel in any direction. But as we'll see in today's study drawn from the Epistle of James, Pastor Xavier points out that it's the discipline of the tongue that creates the greatest challenge in which we build up the kingdom or tear it down. James here begins with the presumptuous man in verse 1 of chapter 3. He says, My brethren, and once again he's speaking to Christians, let not many of you become teachers. The warning here is to those who are presuming upon the office of a teacher as if it is a mere mechanical thing to have a silver tongue, but they've never been called. And yet they can't understand why God isn't doing things. They've got the diplomas, they've got the mechanics, but there's no life. There were those who were presuming on the office of a teacher. And so he gives a solemn warning. Let not many of you become teachers. So we have to be careful that we don't get proudful, and we have to be careful that we don't presume upon something that we have never been called to. For if we search the Scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, he says that that is a calling of God. That is an anointing of God. No man takes that upon himself. It's an awesome responsibility. James says, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. He acknowledges the responsibility, accepts it, knowing that the stricter judgment will be upon the teacher. Then he must teach with the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs says. We have to search the Scriptures. We have to give to the church that which is in the Word, not that which I believe the Word says. This is the presumptuous man in the position of teacher. The power of his tongue to influence, to direct, to build up those in the body of Christ. But secondly, he deals with the perfect man. The second portion of verse 2, he says, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. The reference to perfect is mature. For there is none perfect. The Bible says in Romans 3 that there is none good. No, not one. Not one righteous. All of us fall short. But he's speaking about that Christian who is mature in age. And in the context, probably a teacher who is mature. He has discretion. He has wisdom. 
And he's able to bridle the whole body because he is able to bridle the tongue, first of all. You see, if I can masquerade and, and, and put a big front with every exterior, one thing that will give me away is the little beast between my teeth. He gives us some illustrations of the perfect man in the positive potential of words and the tongue. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits into horses' mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Perhaps if he lived today, he would say, look at that big 747, and you control it with this one little lever. Look at that car. Look at all the horsepower. And yet you control it with this little steering wheel. But have you thought about it? You know, we've all probably been up on horses or at least attempted. But they put that little steel bit in his mouth and you can control that guy wherever you want. This is one of the potentials and power of words and the tongue in the hands of God. My words can direct your life for good as a teacher. My words have the potential to direct your life towards God and the things of God. Not to direct your life to benefit me, but the kingdom of God and to glorify Jesus Christ. And here we have this beast, this animal, with one little steel bit, how much more the tongue is so little. And yet, if you don't give your tongue to God for Him to control it, then it will control you. David prayed in Psalm 39, 1, that God would keep him from the destruction of the tongue. In Psalm 141, verse 3, he says, put a door on my lips. That's good prayer. Put a door right in my big mouth, Lord. Because so often I say the wrong thing if I'm not careful. The second illustration is very vivid again in verse 4. He says, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now, the vessels in, in Paul's day and James' day weren't that huge. What would they say if they saw some of these huge ships that we have today? And yet the very same ship is guided by the very same thing, that little rudder. And notice that the emphasis is in fierce wind. In times of storms, in times when you are angry, in times when you are agitated, in times when, man, Satan's trying to get you, when your wife is trying to get at you, when your husband's trying to get at you, where the boss is trying to get at you, when things are going wrong, does your tongue lash out and it does what it wills and feels like? Oh, I wish to God I could bring back some of those words, even as they're going out. But once they're gone, they pierce and they destroy. But once again, the positive power that's here as a ship, under control, nothing can move it from its course, such as to be the words that come forth from our tongue as Christians. Tremendous illustrations. So practical. Now put them side by side with your tongue. Powerful instrument. You can build up your wife 
or you can tear her down. You can build up your husband or you can tear him down. You can tear her down even as she's trying to lose weight and she's doing all that she can. And then when she comes excited and she says, oh, honey, I've lost five pounds. You say, is that all? We don't think when we talk so often. The husband is trying and endeavoring to do all that he can with the finances. Do the best that he can in the area and the capacity that he can. And yet the wife can either build him up and say, "Honey, it's okay. It'll all work out. Or she can say, well, you know, I told you you shouldn't have quit school. My dad told me about you. How about your children? Do you lash out when you're angry? You idiot. Don't you know any better? Do you bring up the past? Didn't I tell you that already yesterday? Power. We have to use it in a positive way. Now, that takes discipline and commitment to God. That doesn't come naturally. He makes the parallel in verse 5. He says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Now the tongue has great potential on the positive side. It can do tremendous things even as this little rudder and this little bit in the hands of God. I just think of the 15 years that God has called me, all the time that He has used, the words that have come forth, which are God's words and the ministry and all that. Some of you have listened to me over a thousand times more than you need to. If I wouldn't have been in the Lord, what would have come forth from my mouth? Who would it have built up? What a difference. But on the negative side, it boasts great things for destruction. And so this is the perverse man in verse 5. See how great a force a little fire kindles. Here's another practical illustration. A little flame, little spark, smoldering fire just jumps onto the bed. The whole house goes up. In 1666, London was burnt. In 1871, the city of Chicago was burned by a cow who kicked over a lantern. More recently, this last week, with the winds that we had, Santa Ana winds, out in Laverne, a tree fell down where the plug was that sparked. It started the whole hillside. Twenty-some homes were burned. A little spark. How could that destroy all that hill? So is the tongue. The tongue is a fire. Let me read you Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 27. Proverbs 16, 27 says, An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man 
so strife and a whisper separates the best of friends. How many have just destroyed people because of their tongue? A little fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now, we may think as Christians, well, you know, I don't do all those big sins, but if you, if you can't handle your tongue, if you're not giving it to the Lord, then your whole body's being defiled. It sets on fire the course of nature. The course of nature speaks of the wheel of life. In other words, from the minute we're born into this world, there is a, a sort of a, 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 a circular motion. It's just it's a natural thing. And it just sets things going, one thing after another. It's a process. And it is set on fire by hell. The word hell is Gehenna. Remember Satan? He threatened God. I will. I will exalt myself above the throne of God. I will sit on the mount. God says, you'll be brought down to hell. The very first words spoken by man after the fall were words of fire to consume. God told Cain, where's your brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Lamech boldly says, hey, I have so many wives and this man angered me and I took him and I beat him to death. If Cain be avenged, I'll be avenged more so. The natural man cannot control his tongue. Neither can the carnal man. The man that has been born again, but he is still living under the energies of the flesh. Paul speaks about him in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, on down. He's a man or a woman who has accepted Christ, who has, who has accepted him as Lord and Savior, but they are still living under the powers of the flesh. They are not completely given over to God. They still are living under their own desires, their own wills. They're still their own master. You cannot serve two masters, Jesus said. You'll love one and hate the other. And so each of us have to beware lest our tongue is a fire that tears down lives. Each one of us have that potential. Colossians 4, 6 says that our speech is to be seasoned with salt. It's supposed to purify. It's supposed to cause thirst towards God. It's supposed to build up. It's interesting that the way you judge a prophecy... Paul says it's edification, exhortation, or comfort. The tongue on the positive side. Too often prophecies come forth to people and they're judgment prophecies. Paul says edification, exhortation, comfort. Interesting. Now, every kind of beast, verse 7 says, and bird, and reptile, and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Here's the perverse man. Be he natural, not born again, or be he, be he carnal, having given his life to Christ, but not living under the lordship of Christ. He can boast about great things he can accomplish. He can tame Shamu. He can make an elephant stand on its hind legs. 
get into a cage with lions and tigers and they can go through hoops and roll over. But the little beast between his teeth rips him apart. He has no control of it. Hieronic, that back in Genesis, God says, I give you the domain of all the animals. But yet he can't control his own tongue since the fall. I think of Jonathan who came to David when he was in the wilderness. David was very discouraged, despondent. He had confessed his own death. He said, surely I will be dead at the hands of Saul one of these days. And yet Jonathan came out and says, oh, God forbid. You shall be king of Israel. Positive words to edify, to exhort David. Now, I thank God that the power of life and death or the potential of my life is not in what I say like the positive confession teachers say. Read the scripture where it says the power of life and death is in the tongue. In Proverbs that they always quote. Read it in its entire context. You'll laugh when you find out. They are perverse men who teach wrong doctrine. Willfully. Heavy. David said a negative confession. I'm going to die at the hand of Saul. <laughs> Was he? No. Man, if you and I were in bondage to our mouth, we would be dead right away. How many things have you and I ever said negative and God's grace just shows how dumb we are? I didn't think we can get this building. It was beyond any ability. And yet God gave it to us. So don't look to me for my faith. Don't look to me for the success of this ministry. It's the grace of God. And yet we don't want to be around negative people. But thank God that I am not a victim of negative statements, as some teachers say. For if that's the case, Jesus was a very negative person. Read his Gospels. He said some very negative things. And he was the most positive person. Examine the Ten Commandments. I won't tell you how many are negative. Examine the opening chapters of Genesis. And look at the major content of the conversation between God and man. See how much is negative. Our psychologists today say we shouldn't be negative. We're too negative. But God always talked to us in the negative to bring about positive results in our life. And so we have to be faithful to the gospel and not to the philosophies of men. Every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tame and has been tamed by mankind. But, here's the contrast, no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now the tongue is used here as a serpent, an asp, a snake. It strikes you. It is deadly. It is slow. But it is sure. 
Paul says the very same thing in Romans 3, quoting the Psalms. As a snake. In Psalm 140, you find that. Verse 3. The tongue has such a potential, such power. And you and I have to make up our minds which way we're going to use it. Now the best suggestion I have to you is to make sure that you spend enough time in the Word of God and in prayer before you talk to man. Let him touch your heart so that you can be transformed from the inside out. And so you don't have to try to put out a front. But that it becomes the work of the Spirit of God. If that's not the case, then you will always look to the church for the do's and don'ts. I don't know about you, but I don't think of my life in Christ as a matter of do's and don'ts. I am the freest of any person in the world. I am free to do anything I want, but I also know that not everything is edifying or necessary. And so as a Christian, I have great freedom. But with great freedom comes great responsibility and accountability. And so this is what James is saying. You have a tongue, you're free to use it, but you will be held accountable how you use it. Give it over to the Lord that He may use it for His glory. You cannot tame your tongue, neither can I. Only the power of the Spirit and the power of the Word. Poisonous, deadly, but by washing the water by the word, your tongue can be sanctified. Lay it on the altar. Let it become a crispy critter. Purify it. Because until then, it will only be used for destruction and not for directing people in the life of God. What an exhortation James gives to us. So we need to pay heed to the warning of being presumptuous. We need to understand that only the perfect man or mature man has any chance of using it to direct people. But also that the perverse man will not think twice. He'll just do as he wills, destroying lives. As certain as we're sitting here this morning, we will have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And every one of us will have to give an account of everything we have done in this body, good or evil. Make no mistake of that. I will not be standing with you. You will not be standing with me. But you will be standing before Christ. And so I pray that you lift your heart to Him, that He may touch you. And that if this is your problem, that you do something about it. Don't just get convicted between here and the door in the back or your car in the parking lot, but that you do something about it practically. And that's to repent, to ask God's forgiveness, and to begin to take it a day at a time that you be filled with His Spirit and His Word that what comes forth from your mouth through that little member that of edification.
for the body of Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese has been illustrating the power yielded by the tongue and the need for the believer to surrender its influence to the Lord. Now, just before we close, let me take these last moments to mention that copies of today's Simple Truth study titled The Power of the Tongue are available, as always, on CD for only $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is simply The Power of the Tongue, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com